Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Good morning, everybody! Welcome to Just James. It is your host, James! I have my beautiful blonde Thomas with me, my co host, my buddy, my friend. And I have to admit something, I am a dumbass this week, and I'm sorry to use the word dumbass, but um, I woke up this morning convinced it was Tuesday, absolutely convinced. Started my day, made some coffee, set up my laptop nice and early, thought I'd get, you know, little get, get the day going nice and early today, get it, you know, get everything going, everything done, sort of keep myself, you know, occupied, up to date, all of that nonsense. And as I turned on my computer and the screen came up, I saw the date. And I've just realized it's Wednesday <laughs> and my podcast is due. I'm going to just close this window because I've left it open. Give me one second. You might hear a loud bang. Hold on. And I can't reach it. Uh, give me one second. Sorry. I've realized that this I'm carrying my microphone around with me. Hold on a second. Right, there we go. That's better. Otherwise, you're going to hear all the trains outside my housey. Uh, because I live very close to a train line, uh, which most of you guys will have heard them in the background at some point in my podcast because I'm just James. So this is just a really simple podcast. It's just me. I sit with my little microphone in my bedroom and I just talk to you guys. And the reason I'm in my bedroom and not my living room is because of the stupid trains. So I can certainly hear them a lot less in my bedroom for some reason with the windows closed. So <laughs> welcome everybody. It's Wednesday. Jeez, this week's flying. Honestly, this year's flying. It's we've where I live, um, there's like a little rides fair that's happening down the road from me. And of course we've had Diwali and we're heading towards Halloween and we're heading towards Guy Fawkes. And the fireworks have started in my area. I'm pretty convinced the fireworks are actually from that ride fair. I'm sure they do it every evening. Uh, because it seems very consistent that I suddenly have freaking fireworks. And I'm not a fan. I really dislike them. Yes, they're pretty. Fair enough. But in my opinion and in my personal capacity, I, don't, I understand everybody has their own opinion about it. I just think about the animals and I just hate the fact that it scares the dogs, it scares the cats, it scares the bunnies. It's just awful for them. And I live in a residential area. They shouldn't be letting off fireworks. It's And like the building I live in, I live in a really big building. It's an Art Deco building. It's been here for over 100 years and it's really thick brick and it absolutely ricochets the sound of fireworks and I know that there's pets and I know that there's small babies in my building and I absolutely despise them I just think they're a waste of money I really do I would not go out of my way to go and watch a fireworks display I'm sorry it's my opinion it's my feelings I I just I can't be asked I really can't and like on New Year's in London they do a spectacular fireworks display there is nothing in my soul, that will make me ever go and actually watch that. I just cannot bring myself to find 
the need for it i don't know it's just my opinion though look i mean don't come for me this is just the way i feel about fireworks we can all if you enjoy them if you love them you think they're brilliant fabulous i really really absolutely go and enjoy them i just personally don't like them but that's me being negative nancy about them and and it only comes down to the fact that i care about the dogs i just i don't care about anybody else (laughs) oh sorry i dropped my dropped my mic uh, right, so my little business is taking a brand new pivot. I don't know if I spoke about this last week, but I'm doing a canine nutrition uh, diplomacy course at the moment, and I'm loving it. I'm learning so much. Honestly, it's fascinating about how the actual dog's body works i'm at that sort of point in my studies i'm still really early on so how the digestion works how the liver works how the central nervous system works how it shifts um vitamins and minerals through its body how it shifts white blood cells why they get sick it's really fascinating and I'm now sort of at the stage where I'm learning what every single vitamin does and what it's there for, which is a lot of information. I feel like I'm my brain's crammed. I've actually taken a couple of days off just to like get my head around it because there's so much information. And uh, but I'm really, really enjoying it. But I'm definitely becoming a lot more conscious of um the dog foods and what's in them and what you put on your dog, whether it be dog shampoos, whether it be uh, medication, whether it be defleeing, deworming, all of these things I'm starting to pay a lot more attention on and how infrequent we actually need to be doing them. And that at the end of the day, I think it's a little bit like human medication. We, we take things which inevitably, um, support the pharma companies more than anything else and their profits than the necessity for things and I'm not going to use an example because I I don't feel like there is a need for one here but I feel that there's the same influence is brought on with our pets and you know the vets pharma industry has profited quite severely over many many years by saying that your dog needs to be vaccinated every year your dog needs to have this specific dewormer this specific deflare and there's a lot of products there that are actually causing a lot of organ failure in dogs if there's deaths in dogs and it's not i mean i could be wrong but i don't think it's as regulated as as human products maybe and it's very fascinating to learn about which of these products that are absolutely pumped down from the vets and it's to the you know from their pharma companies and our pets don't actually need them as as free i mean i suppose there's there's specific things that dogs do need but i think that there's a lot of things that they don't need um which i'm learning quite quite interestingly one of the things that i have stumbled across and I mean I'm, I'm you'll probably if you have a pet you probably know this I didn't I haven't had a pet in over eight years I'm a qualified dog groomer I'm a qualified advanced dog behaviorist uh, I have a certificate in dog nutrition as I've mentioned before it's not a great one but I am doing a very good one now uh, I'm trained in dog CPR dog first aid and pet adoption I know things about dogs I own over 100 dog books One of the things in all of that information I was not aware of is how freaking cool dog paw bombs are. And here we are. 
I am fascinated by them to the point that I am now, I have brought in my own range of dog paw bombs that I am personally manufacturing because I've had a look at the ingredients of them and had a look at what my competitors are doing. And I'm petrified by what you're putting in your dog's paws and what your dogs can swallow and lick off these paw bombs. So I'm bringing in a completely natural look. I mean, I've got 24 in my range. That's how, that's my manufacturing range, but it's a start and it's a step towards a much more healthy product. Yes, there are good ones out there. I'm not disputing that in any possible way. There are very healthy ones, very organic ones, but there's the trash as well. And that's what concerns me. And actually, I find it fascinating. So this is something that I wanted to do. It's something I felt that I wanted to bring in. But let me go through some health issues that poor bombs can actually help deal with. Now, of course, if you don't have any dogs, skip past this. I'm sure this is probably irrelevant to you. But dogs face so many health challenges that can be prevented in really simple steps and techniques. And the highest expense that dog lovers bear is the vet. I mean, fair enough. We, you know, in the UK, we are very fortunate. We have the NHS and we're able to see doctors at no cost to ourselves. Um, you know, obviously you pay your national insurance. But um, we, we, with a vet, I mean, you have that expense. Even if you've got pet insurance, often you have to like fork out the fee and then get the money back. It's expensive, but there's things that we can do that will prevent you from having to go to the vet unnecessarily. Now, paws of, of a dog are actually quite sensitive. You know, we walk our dogs every day. We take them out. We've got shoes on. They don't. We, they walk through snow. They walk through heat. They walk through rain. They walk through sand. They, they, their paws are extremely tough and sturdy. And they are gifted with so many with so many qualities. They've got an amazing nose. They've got paws that are honestly just gifts from above. And it's their paws are built to tolerate all sorts of terrain. But their paws are actually more sensitive when they're younger as when and but as they grow, they get thicker pads, they get fatty tissue that develops around the pad, and it protects them from the friction that they face every single day. But their paws are still sensitive to weather and harsh environments. And that's why we put our hand on the pavement before we take them for a walk in summer. Uh, but one of the things we don't do is put our hands on the pavement and test it for the cold. You know, we just take our little sweet doggos for their, for their winter walks and we don't think about that cold pavement that they're putting their paws down on. So their paws can tolerate so much more, but they also need to be taken care of. They get cracks, they get cuts, they get sensitivity they you know they little bleeding patches they get all the time and because they walked and they walk it off we don't even notice it but it must be really difficult for a dog to play and run around if they've got a teeny tiny cut on their paw it must be really sore and if it's untreated they can develop serious wounds and injuries as well so dogs play in the garden, they play outside, they play in grass and water on rocks and sand and snow. There's so many things that their paws can tolerate, but they can get frostbite. Um, there's, they can, you know, things get stuck on their feet, you know, in the garden. They can, they can pick up soil, they can pick up bacteria. And dog paws actually do need a little bit of care. And they're your best friend, they're your companion. You know, we put cream on our face moisturizer on her face we look after our skin 
there's a way that we all can look after their skin. And I'm not trying to sell my pore bombs. Can I just make this very clear? I'm just, this is more of an educational purpose. My pore bombs aren't, um, pretty much, they're, not, they're not ready for sale anyway. Um, so this is not a big like sales technique. So please don't think it is. Please don't think I'm giving you all this palaver. They'd be like, and it's four ninety nine. dollars It's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just using this as an opportunity to discuss something that I find is very cool. And I'm passing on the information because I found it very, very, very fascinating. And this is what inspired me to maybe consider doing this. I mean, for all I know, my poor bombs will never even sell. But, and I'll give away as Christmas presents. Who knows? You know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's more about the education for me. So dogs will never complain. They will never say to you, my, feet, my paws are sore, my feet are sore. They just carry on, you know. But regular care of their paws can really help with diseases. It can help with pain. Concrete pavements in the summer, as I said, can be really, really hot. And some dogs can suffer from genetic diseases called hyperkeratosis, which affects the pores and the nose. And the skin around these two parts thicken and become rough and hard, and it affects their mobility. That means that they'll find it really difficult to run and jump around, and it affects their mentality as well. That affects them mentally as well. Sorry, mentality? That affects them mentally. So cleaning and moisturizing their pores regularly actually helps a great deal. Uh, regular checking the dog's paws can identify problems before they turn serious. You know, if they're running in the garden and it's not hard on their feet, but bacteria and chemicals, you know, get in through their paws, they can create bacterial infections. So dogs regulate their body temperature by panting as well as perspiring through their pores. And I think that's very cool. So they cool themselves down. Their sweat retention in their pores can end up causing infection for them as well. So with the proper hygiene and use of a high quality grooming and health products, this can certainly be avoided. So pore bombs can help with extreme temperatures and a good quality dog care product, such as a pore and a nose bomb, Dog deodorant, dog shampoo, all of those things will help keep your dog in the best shape it possibly can. So during the winter, you put it on before your dog's got outside to play in the snow. And another thing that's really interesting is if you've ever, if you've cooked and sort of sat with a bit of, you know, rubbed salt into something and then you get salt onto your hands and it's after a while it actually starts to burn a little bit. And you have to wash it, wash that salt off your hands. That's the same concept with your dogs that are running around with the, the salt that gets thrown down to prevent the sleet in winter. That salt that gets put down on, on the walkways and the roads and stuff can actually burn a little bit. So there's chemicals in it. There's allergies. There's infections. All of these things come together. And, it can, and when they lick their paws, they can ingest those harmful chemicals. They can create internal health issues. And using a dog paw bomb in winter in order to protect your dog's paws will create a semi-permeable layer that will protect their paws from frostbite and absorption of these salts and absorption of these chemicals. So cracked and dry pores will result in cuts and bruises and using a pore bomb will relieve the moisture content and heal them. And I mean, I've mentioned this a few times that, um, you know, no, I haven't mentioned this. A pore bomb was actually created to help sleigh dogs, sled dogs, because they were in the extreme cold and the bombs were used to protect them from those effects of the snow. So 
But we, as sort of like not being sled dog owners, we have to contend with the pavements. We have to contend with the heat. That's what I've t- mentioned twice. I don't know why I'm confusing myself on this one. Um, but that little layer of the paw bomb can really, really help. So when you get yourself a paw bomb, I would look for something that's 100% organic, 100% natural. Uh, anything that's got sort of like beeswax in it, shea butter, those sort of things you're looking for, um, coconut oil, all of those things is what you're looking for. I don't want to tell you all the ingredients to my pore bombs, of course, but um, those, those, all three of those items are in my pore bombs. So, again, I'm not selling, I'm not selling, I promise. <laughs> but I would, you know, a lot of liquid oils are added to these things. They use to soften wax and make it easily applicable. Oils are not harmful, but they could leave a stain on your carpets and your couches, especially if you have an indoor dog. So it's noteworthy that palms that use paraffin wax are not recommended, primarily because paraffin is, an, is industrial waste. So some palms that are manufactured with paraffin wax, because it's affordable and ends up preparing the balm, is not the desired one you need. You don't need something with that. But if it's made with beeswax, that's a really good one. There's no harmful chemicals. There's no hyperallergenics in that. Uh, it will keep your dog safe from industrial toxins. If you get a balm that's completely made out of beeswax, that's a great product to buy it from. But beeswax, again, can be quite cheap. It can be quite expensive. It depends on the brand itself. But a dog's paw bomb should not be too soft. If it's firm enough to make to make a protective layer, then that's going to be really good for it. So if you're applying the balm for prevention, it's going to be really simple. Wipe the paw pads and pat them dry and then apply a thin layer of e- evenly on the little paw pads. If you can get them to stay still for a minute or two, I normally use the opportunity to like give them a belly rub, brush them give them a cuddle, anything is going to keep them still for like a minute or two so that it can absorb into them, that's going to be the best. And if your dog has a habit of licking their feet, try diverting their attention to like maybe maybe put a sock on them for a minute or two just so that it can absorb in. If the, if the balm is made entirely of beeswax, it's entirely safe. You don't have to worry about them licking it. If it's something, if everything in it is organic and natural, it's fine if they lick it. So after about 30 minutes after the walk, you come inside, reapply, so it just helps sort of take off any additional bacteria. So do it before you go out, do it before you, when you come back, and you'll see a massive difference. If the pores are bleeding, then try to stop the bleeding to see what type of wound it is. If it's a minor wound, dry it and apply the balm. But if it's a major wound, please go and see your vet as well. Uh, definitely, definitely recommended. But prevention is always better than cure, in my opinion. So if you take regular care of your dog's pores, keep them moisturized with a paw bomb, it will save the pet from being injured. And, you know, the, the, if, you, if you're using a paw bomb, they're, less, they're prone to less cracks. You can prevent your pores from like, from the extreme cold and heat as well. It creates a little bit of a protective layer. Uh, it helps against bacterial and fungal disease. And, um, you can also do it on your dog. You know, obviously, don't forget the dog's nose. So the nose is just as important as the paws are. But application of the palms can address itchiness. It can help maintain hypercatesis and dermatitis. And it will really help to improve their little paws. So I hope that's some great advice and it's going to help you with, with this. Um, one thing I've thought about, which which is quite strange, is um, it, I, I like, you know, 
if I'm seeing somebody and or dating somebody, I always like them to to kiss me good morning and goodbye. You know, um, good hello and goodbye. I think it's really important. Um, I don't necessarily feel that I have to be a consistent um, personal. Oh, I can't think of the word affection. But I do think kissing alone goodbye is important. And I think it's a really, I just think it's it's an intimate thing. And I think it should be done. And, you know, I think also you never know what's going to happen. You never know if it's going to be the last time you see that person and they don't kiss you goodbye. You never got that last kiss goodbye. Does that make sense? So I think it's really important that you, that you do something. I think a non-sexual physical connection is important as well. You know, it's just something that's really intimate. It's really personal between the two of you guys as well. But I think it's a great way of a healthy relationship. Um, apparently, it makes you happier as well. If 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 you if you're mad at your spouse, you are cross with each other. At least taking that moment to kiss each other hello and goodbye. I think it's important, and I think it's a good way to sort of keep you in check as well. And it's something that you just simply can, you know, in all seriousness, you, if I just think if you can't kiss your loved one, hello and goodbye, then like, are you even together? Are you just housemates? Like it, for me, it just seems like a really strange thing. And I would love somebody else's opinion on this because it's something I thought about. And I thought for me, it's quite important. And I, I'm very irritated if my partner doesn't kiss me goodbye in the morning. And um, I think because it happened this morning, that's why I'm a little bit irritated. Um, and it's made me really think about it. But it is definitely something that I find very important. And I feel like it's just a moment of connection between the two of you. And it's, it does it might not seem important to somebody, but to me it is. It's very important. Um, and I want to know if anybody else feels the same way. I definitely sometimes feel a little bit of irritation and feeling on edge I think it's hormonal for me I'm completely changing subjects by the way it's not about this morning um but being impatient and sometimes I can get annoyed I think my sugar levels drop and I mean I be I believe that I'm pre-diabetic I really do I think I've got signs. I've never been tested. I, in a way, kind of don't really want to be because I find it a bit nerve-wracking. Um, and I'm probably putting my head in the sand a little bit about it. But I think I've got a very short temper. I really do. I'm a feisty South African. Uh, I have my granny's um, feistability in me. I say what I want to say when I want to say it. And it can certainly get me into trouble with other people. And I think it's cost me jobs as well, to be fair, um, because some people just don't understand that I'm just going to say what I want to say. And I think as I'm getting older, I'm trying to be better with it. But, I, you know, I think it's also it's inbred in my personality. I think it's very difficult for me not to have an opinion. But I definitely am not OCD. I mean, not OCD. I'm definitely not um, ADHD or I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. I don't have bipolar. But... I sometimes struggle to concentrate. I have moodiness. I get annoyed. Food irritates me sometimes if there's too much sugar in it, especially sandwiches like the bread. Sometimes there's too much sugar in the bread. It definitely affects my mood. I get agitated. I get frustrated. I get rapid heart rate. And But there are things that can cause irritability that I don't potentially have, but other people might physically or mentally have conditions. There's depression. There's bipolar. There's anxiety. There's PTSD, there's dementia, 
There's PMS. I certainly definitely struggle with PMS, 100%. Low blood sugar, sleeping problems, stress, thyroid problems, and that can be an overactive or an underactive thyroid, traumatic brain injury, chronic pain, or substance withdrawals. So many children go through phases of being irritable. Some children's irritability is constant and excessive, and it could be a sign of a health problem like anxiety or depression. But like I said, there could be ADHD, bipolar, 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 contact disorder, there's um, defiant disorder, there's autism spectrums, and irritability can, I think the underlying problem needs to be determined as to what's causing the irritability, and I think definitely speaking to a doctor to get a diagnosis is very, very important, especially if it's a mental health condition, there could be physiotherapy or or cognitive behavioral therapy or medication or even both. So I think an underlying health problem could be a self-strategy. It can help reduce the irritation. And I think there are some things that you can help self-help for irritability. And I think is reduce the stimulants, remove the coffee, remove the caffeine, anything that's tobacco, anything that's causing alcohol, anything that's causing these irritabilities. Try and get enough sleep if you possibly can. I love my sleep. I'm really good. I'm a really good sleeper. And I think identifying what your triggers are. Keep a diary. Rate your your anxiety levels. Have a look at every day. What are you irritable every day? Is there a certain timing? Is there a certain trigger? And start trying to identify what is causing the pattern, if there is a pattern. And once you're aware of those triggers, then you can start paying attention to how to manage that irritability. There's things you can do to sort of help with relaxation, things like going for a walk, go for a swim, try a physical activity, you know, do some breathing exercises, try and listen to music, watch television, read a book, take an exercise class such as yoga, Pilates. I am obsessed with my Pilates class. It's my favorite class. I go every Tuesday and quite honestly, I went yesterday. I don't know why I didn't know yesterday was Tuesday. So just, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But in my head today was Tuesday. Take a relaxation relaxing bath or pamper yourself for an hour or do something creative paint think of something make of something that's going to make you feel less irritable and practice mindfulness create a mental space and focus your attention are you burnt out from work is that something that's creating this irritability burnout i talk about all the time and i'm very self-aware of my burnouts um it is, it is a really, really important thing that that gets addressed. And I think you there is, there's definitely places that you can go that are going to help you. And I think there's resources and support. Speak to your doctor, Google it online, find an organization that's going to help you, whether it be a suicide helpline, whether it be a lifeline, whether it be a mindful clinic. I don't want anybody to hurt themselves. And I think it's really, really important that we take a moment and try and realize why we're creating trauma for ourselves. And I think that it's so important that we're all going to be okay. And I'm here for anybody. If anybody just wants to talk, I won't talk about it on my podcast. It's not something that I will go, oh, so-and-so got hold of me and this is her problem. I had somebody approach me on my DMs on my Instagram, which is just James podcast and 
said that my podcast helps and I appreciate that. And she did say that I could use this as an example. That's why I'm using it. I said I won't mention her name. But um, she was concerned about reaching out to me because my podcast, I always say, contact me. If you don't know, have anybody, contact me. And she said, but, I'm, but James, I'm so scared you talk about me on your podcast. And I went, I get that. I completely understand that. And I'm so sorry that I didn't make that clear. And I'm doing that certainly right now. Anybody that needs just somebody to talk to, I'm not a trained psychologist. I don't know what I'm doing. But if you just need a friend and if you use my podcast as as your outlet of having somebody listen to you every week and give you some motivation every week and be here for you every week and you come to me and you just want somebody to talk to, I can assure you this will not be something that becomes a topic of my podcast. And I'm certainly not doing it for clout. I'm doing it because I really do genuinely care about my listeners. And I genuinely want a, a community with us where we're here for each other and we're in a good place for each other. So if you need somebody to talk to, come to me, I'm here, and it won't become a podcast topic, I can assure you that right now, and I appreciate somebody bringing that to my attention, and just saying that they weren't sure that that was my intentions, and I can assure you my intentions are very, very genuine, that I just want to be there if somebody needs a friend, so I hope that clears that up. So last week's conundrum, I was brought to my attention by my beautiful friend, Mish, um, that it's a repeat. And I'm so sorry. So um, my, uh, I, it, it really was not intentional. The, the reason why I didn't pick it up is because I actually found it in a different place and I normally find my riddles. So, uh, the, and it had an explanation as to why the riddle is what it is. And I didn't pick it up. So the the conundrum was, I speak without a mouth and I hear without ears. I have no body, but I come alive with wind. What am I? And then the explanation underneath it, which is what t- 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 put me off and didn't make, make me realize it was the same one, is this riddle relieves, re- <laughs> relieves, relies on tricking you into thinking about ears and a mouth. You get a tiny hint about wind to encourage you to think broadly and avoid the literal. The answer is an echo. So I'm so sorry that that was a repeat. It was not intentional. I just the explanation that came with the riddle is what threw me off. So I'm so sorry about that. So this week I found a brand new place to get my riddle questions, my conundrums, and I'm hoping that these ones because I think I've actually literally used every single one that I think I've saturated uh, the the riddle market at the moment. <laughs> But this fixes what type of cheese is made backwards? What type of cheese is made backwards? So uh, go to Just James Podcast on Instagram and give me your answers and I'll give you a shout out next week. So this week's social media, I want you guys to follow me on TikTok. I have 105 followers. I'm really proud of myself. Um, you know, it, again, it's just me. I never have any makeup on. My hair is always in a bun around, above my head. Like I don't see I'm not going to change I'm not going to get all dolled up just to make a TikTok but I'm trying to give a lot more dog advice on there so if you are looking for any cool dog advice or inspiration you can find me on TikTok it's Jamie the dog groomer on TikTok um, J-A-M-I-E-T-H-E-D-O-G-G-R-O-O-M-E-R Jamie the dog groomer um so come follow me on TikTok um, and come listen to my dog stuff and just me sitting at my desk or in my little 
Pokey Tiny Kitchen, just giving you dog advice. So give me a little follow. And tell me that you're one of my listeners. Um, you know, I'd love to know that it's actually you and that you put a face to you, you know. <laughs> but I think, guys, I think this week, let's write it, let's shoot it, let's publish it, let's crochet it, let's saute it. Whatever you want to do, I want you to make it your own this week. Just go make it. Just go do it yourselves. I'm making my own dog bombs because I feel it's important. I want you to make something of yourselves, make something that's important to you, whether it just be dinner, just do something that's important to you. And I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful week and I'll see you again next week. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.